0: You are listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at journeycc.net. Today's message is brought to you by Scott McFarlane. We hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you this morning. Getting to worship with you is great. And uh, we've been talking about the series on David about giants that he had to defeat. And many of those giants live outside of us. They're giants we take on in the world around us. But the most difficult giants to defeat in our lives are the ones that come from within us. Norm Evans talks, he's a football player for Miami Dolphins, He, Hall of Famer, I believe. And he, and he was talking about being a lineman for the Miami Dolphins for years. And he realized that in football, I know this might surprise you, but in football, anger is your enemy. If, if you get angry as a lineman, that's when you have your injuries because you're not thinking clearly about your performance. And he said that his objective during a football game was to get the defensive tackle so angry at him that he forgot to rush the quarterback. He's just going after the lineman. When you and I struggle with our emotions, it's just like that picture. We get so focused on our, on our anger or on our emotion that we forget the objective that we're trying to accomplish. And that's exactly what's going to happen today in 1 Samuel chapter 25. We're going to look at four emotions that are out of control. It's like emotions are a good thing. By the way, let me just say this clearly. Emotions are a God-given gift. They're like gauges on your dashboard that tell you what's going on around your life. But if you let those emotions get in the driver's seat, the bus of your life is going to go the wrong way. And that's exactly what we're going to see in David's life. Satan is going to try to dissuade and distract and get David off his game so that he can't accomplish the calling of God to be the king of Israel. And he's going to do it with a guy by the name of Nabal. Nabal means fool. Now, just... Turn to your person, turn to the person around you. I know you can't say this in the mass, but just look at them and say, you fool. Yeah, that doesn't feel good, does it? Can you, yeah, don't say it to your wife. That's right. Do you realize that was his name every day? People would be calling him fool. His name was associated with foolishness, and probably he was the only one that didn't know it. We're going to look at passages out of 1 Samuel chapter 25, and I'm going to look at four emotions that have gone beyond what the emotion was supposed to be about. Four negative emotions in our lives that can distract us from God's gift on our life. In this passage, Samuel the prophet has died, and there's a funeral that happens for them. All of the nation of Israel cares about that. And then David, realizing that his one last bastion of protection is gone. He now races to the other side of Israel up to the area of Carmel, the mountain area where Elijah later on has this amazing miracle. He shows up there and there's this guy by the name of Nabal, along with his wife Abigail in the area. And David becomes this protection force for all of Nabal's men and family and all of his sheep and cattle. We pick it up at verse four. Here's what happens. While David was in the wilderness, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent ten young men and said to them, Go up to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my name. Say to him, Long life to you. Good health to you and your household. And good health to all that is yours. That's a blessing that he's giving them. Verse 7, Now I hear that it's sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them. And the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable toward my men since we come at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. Now here's the first emotion that's gotten out of control. We all have needs, but now we're going to deal with the emotion of greed. When you face greed, you have to drive it out of your life because it will change your heart and the way you respond. In this case, we're going to see that in Nabal and David. Nabal is a getter. He wants for himself. He's looking to gain for himself in everything that he has, in everything that he owns, in everything that he does, and David is a giver. In fact... When gangs and posses and men would travel around Israel, most of them would use the area and the resources to satisfy themselves. If they wanted something, they'd go steal it or take it or fight for it or or earn it in some way. David, instead of being like all those gangs, he and his guys become this pro bono militia protective force around Nabal. He's giving by nature and Nabal is happy to get. When you and I have greed show up in our life, it turns us from givers to getters, and that is destructive to your life. I was reading a story from Ed Young, he's a pastor down in Dallas, and out down in Dallas in Texas, football is the king of the week. Everything happens at the football game. So he was taking his kids to the football game like they always do every Friday night. And his, his daughter, Londra, was hungry for candy. Now, Ed Young says, you know, I, I don't really care about candy, but I was happy to please her. So he gave his daughter $5 to let her walk down to the concession stand and buy a bag of candy. She comes back with this big bag of Skittles. You can buy a lot of Skittles with $5. Brings the Skittles back up into the stand and Ed's watching. He says, hey, hun, can I, can I have some of your Skittles? No, dad. No, no, I, just, just a few. I don't. No, dad, they're mine. Come on. You, you heard that word mine in your house? Ever use that word mine? It's mine to play with. It's my clothing. I used to tell that to my daughter. It's my clothes. Quit wearing your dad's clothes. Come on. Greed can show up anywhere. Greed has nothing to do with how much money you have or how many resources you have. Greed has to do with I want for me. And at the root level, when me becomes the driving force, all of the other negative emotions show up in your bus road. They like to take over and take control. And David is not looking for greed. He's just looking for help. I've protected your men. I've been out here to support you. you. Can you offer us anything, just something for my men to... Give them some food. See, be careful when greed shows up in your life because with it comes all these other negative emotions. They're going to derail your life and where you're headed. And friends, I bring this one up first because here's the deal. When crisis hits, we get very protective of what we have. And you may have been there and so have I. It's pretty easy to start holding on to our resources and Collect all the toilet paper out of Walmart and and get all of the things that we can get for ourselves to protect ourselves. And that is derailing who God created you to be. God gave his only son. That's why Jesus says, when someone wants your cloak, offer, offer them your coat as well. Give to the one who asks and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Because by nature... God is a giver. And he wants you to be too. That doesn't mean you have to give away all that you have in life unless he calls you to do that. That's not what he's asking. He just wants your heart to continue to be a giver like him. Because of this fight, look what happens next. David's men arrive in verse nine and they gave Nabal this message in David's name and then they waited. And Nabal, fool, Answered David's servants, who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and the meat I have slaughtered for my shears and give it to men coming from who knows where? Verse 12, David's men turned around and, and went back. And when they arrived, they reported every word. And verse 13, David said to his men, each of you strap on your sword. So they did and David strapped on his as well. About 400 men went up with David while 200 stayed with the supplies. (laughs) David almost had his entire future derailed in this moment because he was willing to let his anger drive his life. And you got to drive out anger with forgiveness instead of reaction. But David is ready to react. Notice David is acting completely out of hurt. That's why I wanted you to see that video. (laughs) That's a little too close to home, actually, isn't it? Anybody here complained about socks and clothing on the floor? Anybody complained about their kids not doing their chores? Anybody here been upset about something at the house lately, especially now? See, anger likes to move in where hurt happens. Hurt is a valid emotion. But when you let that turn into anger, it's gonna destroy you, not just the person you're angry at. And that's what's about to ready to happen to David. Anger is what Satan uses to derail us from his calling in our life, from God's calling in our life. Everybody seems to want to get even. But if that's the case, that means you're above the person you're trying to get even to. Don't get even because that lowers you in the calling and the response that you're supposed to have. God calls us, Jesus calls us to forgive. How many times? Come on, you first service people, all I know, it's 70 times seven. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. If you're already acting in above the level of other people, then why would you ever want to get even? Back in the fourth century, there was this group of of people that were trying to live uh, a completely holy life. They were like a monarchy or or a group of people that wanted to live in Egypt, the style of Jesus. And there was this pastor, father figure named Syases. Syases had a young group of people that he mentored and one the and Turns on, 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 turn, turns on, turn, 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 turn and let the Lord take his vengeance as he sees fit well that anger almost destroyed David but Abigail heard about it and in verse 14 down through the end of this chapter she responds in a way that shows incredible grace. She hears about David's messengers and the message of Nabal. So she quickly gathers a whole bunch of supplies and food and supplies for David and his men. And then she quickly gets on a donkey with all the supplies and heads towards David. In in verse 23, when Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey, bowed down before David with her face to the ground. And she fell at his feet and said, pardon your servant, my Lord. And let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please pay no attention, my Lord, to that wicked man Nabal. His, he is just like his name. His name means fool and folly goes with him. But as for me, your servant, I did not see the men, my Lord said. And now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself With your own hands, may your enemies and all who are intent on harming my Lord be like Nabal. And let this gift, which your servant has brought to my Lord, be given to the men who follow you. Verse 28, please forgive your servant's presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my Lord, because you fight the Lord's battles, and no wrongdoing will be found in you as long as you live. Abigail, shows up, and she could have been resentful for the way her husband acted, but instead of being resentful, she drove her resentment out by owning instead of blaming her husband. Did you get that? You know, it's so easy to be resentful for the things that you were hurt in life, It's so easy to decide that I deserve, I own, I should have. It's somebody else's fault, and we turn it into blame. And by the way, our society right now is responding in blame instead of ownership to the problems we face. We are responding, watch on the news, we're responding in blame. And it's creating resentment just like David and Abigail were facing. But Abigail does something that's incredible. She learns about what's going on with David and his men and her husband. She runs out to David and owns her part in it. And then she partners with David to come with a solution. She learns, she owns, and then she partners. I think that's amazing. And I think we could learn something from her to eliminate the resentment that is clouding our judgment in our culture right now. To learn what's happening around us, to own our part in it, and then to figure out a way to partner with those that are in charge. And I would say that right now, we're at a juncture point just like Abigail and David to decide what our future will be by the way we respond in our crises. Friends, I have been listening and learning a lot in the last two or three months about the prejudice and the ongoing racism and the challenges that our black brothers and sisters face. It's been educational. Why? Because I quit being defensive about my position and started listening to the ones that are hurting. And it's reduced their resentment when I listen. And it's time for us and me to take ownership in my part in that, to take ownership in what our culture has done in that, to take ownership in how our nation for decades and years has hurt people of different race so that we can partner with them to come up with a solution. I think the only way we're going to defeat COVID is to do the exact same thing, to learn clearly what the real truth is, to own our part in solving the problem, and then to partner with each other to accomplish what needs to be done to defeat this virus. And here's what's more important. You want to fix your marriage, learn your partner's hurt, own your part in it, and then partner with your spouse to fix it. You want to fix problems in your home with your kids or Family members, learn what their perspective is. Own your part in it and then partner with them to find a better solution. You want to fix something with your boss or your school? Learn, own, and partner. And what you do is you drive out resentment by owning it. You know what happens in this story? Look at what happens. Because Abigail owned her husband's failure, David's heart changed. David said to Abigail in 32, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed, this day from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who had kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not only one male, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. I'll pause right there and deal with the last of these emotions to drive out pride. To drive out pride by blessing instead of battling. David was at a crucial point in his leadership right now. He's got 600 people following him. He's moving and growing in his popularity and his strength. And Saul is after him, but he's finding ways through the power of God to avoid him. And now Nabal has completely rattled his pride. I mean, I don't know about you, but you, if you've done stuff for people in your life that you love, and then they turn around and slap you upside the face, you're going to battle with pride too. Can I get an amen on that? But instead of battling with his pride, he decided to bless people. When Abigail rescued David from his anger and resentment, David turned to blessing. He praised his God for two reasons. One, for keeping him from killing Nabal. And two, from bringing wisdom into his life through Abigail. He chose to bless instead of battle. Now, Nabal did the exact opposite. Look at verse 37. When Abigail, verse 36, when Abigail went to Nabal, he was in the house holding a banquet like that of a king. He was in high spirits and very drunk, so she held off and told him nothing until daybreak. And then in the morning, when Nabal was sober, his wife told him all these things, and his heart failed him, and he became like a stone. Isn't that interesting? The emotions that David was fighting off were smack inside of Nabal, and it killed him in the end. See, listen, if you don't get control and drive out those negative emotions they are going to kill your heart too. And worse, they may just damage your soul forever. Nabal ends up dying. David's not done blessing. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he again praised the Lord. Praise be to the Lord who has upheld my cause against Nabal. He's brought justice to Nabal instead of me bringing vengeance. And then he does something else. Then David sent word to Abigail asking her to become his wife. That's not just because she's beautiful. The text seems to indicate that he admired Abigail. And not only is he gaining a wife out of this because she is fine to marry him, He, instead of taking control and owning and defeating Nabal and all his men and all his people, he decides to marry Abigail so that they can partner together and bless all of Abigail's family and friends and all of the estate of Nabal. Do you find that interesting? He could have taken complete charge and controlled everything, but instead he chooses to partner with Abigail and bless her people. See, that's when pride is driven out. When it's no longer about what you want in life, but it's about blessing others in life. Four emotions here. (laughs) Four emotions that David battled that would have destroyed his chance for kingship, but he was able to drive them out by the power of God. And I'm wondering today what emotion you're wrestling with. Is it anger? Pride, resentment, greed. If it's trying to drive the bus of your life, you need to drive it out. Emotions are a gauge to tell you what is going on, not to drive your life. So if you're dealing with emotions today, don't settle for getting even, getting back, getting what you want. Fight to be better. Getting even lowers where you're at. Stay above those emotions and let God give you what he wants instead of what you want. Jesus, at his most emotional moment, chose instead of submitting to the emotions, he chose to submit to his Father. He drove out the greed of wanting his own life and chose to give his life. He, he chose to put back away the hurt and anger so that he could forgive us on the cross. He, he put aside all the resentment and, so that we, and took ownership of our lives and of our failures so that we could have eternal life. And then he put aside his pride and instead of battling for himself, he chose to bless us with eternity. And God raised him to the highest place that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is what? Lord. Watch Jesus. Learn from David and get control of those negative emotions. Jesus, that's what we ask your help with today. Emotions seem to drive us further than we want to go and hurt us more than we want to know. I just pray, Father, today that every person in this room, in dealing with their emotions, will drive out those that violate your will. Help us to respond like David did and give you the praise when you take vengeance. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening to the Journey Christian Church podcast. If you would like to support us as we pursue God and love people one at a time, please consider giving a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeycc.net backslash giving.